Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. It's a new week, a new episode, and this time we are at the Arts Hub, someplace I haven't been before, so this that's a new, new experience for me, and we're here to talk about the Busker Fest, and we're with the um, coordinator, founder, Hinacho, um, and um, Kim? Yes. Angeli? Angeli. Angeli. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no one ever gets it right. You're, right. <laughs> You're fine. So how are you today? I'm good. It's it's a beautiful day. So just getting really into spring weather right now. It's yeah. so nice. I decided to stay warm. <laughs> I know. Look at that. Um, so we are here to talk about Busker Fest. It started back in 2018. Is that correct? That is correct. And what was kind of the genesis of it coming together and... Okay, so I'll, I kind of I kind of go need to go into far back into history okay. for this yeah, one. Go for if it. That's okay. Far back as you need. <laughs> so, um, just as my background, when I first started working with street performers in Salt Lake City, it was when I was um, the director of the downtown farmers market in Pioneer Park. Okay. And um, I did that from 2006 to 2016, while the market and kind of the local food movement was just exploding. And one of the things that really caught on at that event was the number of performers that would come down and and play for donations or tips within the boundaries of the markets. Um, and they did so, we we had established some, we had to establish some like different guidelines just because there was so many people who wanted to participate in that manner. Yeah. Um, so that's when I first started looking at both the need for this in the community, these types of spaces to activate, and the desire for performers to to work in this manner. Um, so that's where it all began. Okay. Yeah. I, I always wonder, um, mm -hmm. you know, besides an occasional guitar playing person or something like that around town, uh, the only place that I really saw anything was down in the Florida Keys. Because mm -hmm. down there, it's like every night is a party and there's, you know, guys on unicycles juggling and... Yeah, um, absolutely. There's a couple of cities. So as as it sort of progressed for, for me in my path, like w one of the first things when I left my position at the Downtown Alliance, I started a company called Primrose Productions. And I do a bit of consulting work and then event production work. And so I was um, under contract with the Salt Lake City Arts Council to um, do an analysis of the both the ordinance and sort of what was happening with street performers in Salt Lake City. And we looked at a lot of comparative cities in that mix. So you do see across the United States, I would say Florida, great weather year-round for yeah. this, right? Okay. <laughs> um, New Orleans is another um, great city that's um, defined by their street performance. New York City, the subway stations, you know, all Times over Square, Manhattan, yeah. Times Square, exactly. Um, and then closer to us, I would say, when we look at kind of comparative cities for Salt Lake City, um, I recently did another ordinance analysis um, with my work, and we looked at Boulder, Colorado, and they have Pearl Street that has a very active community. We looked at Asheville, North Carolina, that has had an interesting history with um, street performer performance, and they're, they're more of a, a college town and sort of hippie vibe town, and they have a lot of... Um, musicians reflected of the sort of Appalachian music scene there. <clears throat> and then we looked over at some of the larger cities um, like Seattle who um, don't really have, they, they have it kind of intermixed, but not as successful as some of these smaller cities. So what we can learn from, from some of those different examples has been interesting. 
Oh, that, that's really cool. North Carolina. I would mm-hmm. have never thought of it like street upper street former right thing there. Um, what what is it like? What what is it like there? What kind of well, you said the music, but it, is there more of the acts? What kind of acts were there? So you'll see. Um, what we saw is um, a lot of it was music, definitely music based, yeah. and like I said, kind of more of that um, Appalachian music vibe. A lot of like bluegrass and and um, groups of mu- musicians like that. But there is also some of them. Um, some of the acts that you see in um, in great busking cities, like the statues, the frozen statues are popular. The um, more of the what I call the stunt acts, which have your like, you know, juggling unicyclists and balancing, hand balancing, and and more of what we try to bring to the festival here in Salt Lake City, which is kind of a, a, a vaudeville type acts, is how I would kind of characterize those stunt acts. And um, so, some friends of mine have been involved with the the festival in the past. Uh, Erica, she's an aerialist. Great. Uh, Matt is on. You know, she does her clowning and all that. And then uh, magician Elias, and and, and the hand uh, drawn photo booth too. I'm her name's escaping me. Um, but, Natalie. But, Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Yeah. Um, but in Salt Lake, aside, aside from those, what are some more of the the acts that we can see? So we we do a, a mix of things, and there's it's very intentional the way that this the way that we curate the acts here. And um, one of it that the primary goal I feel like for the festival, at least what I put forth in my work, is to encourage street performance in Salt Lake City and create more of a culture between both performers and get them excited about doing this and elevating their acts. So what I'll typically do is I'll bring in three to four traveling performers that are doing this on a more professional level in other cities. Yeah. And then totally open up the application to anybody who's local. You, this could be your first time performing outside of your living room. You know, if, if it'll fit and you're willing to, and, you know, we, can, we can't let everyone in just because we have constraints with budget and space and time. But um, we, we do our best to try to, to strike a nice balance between the professional and the brand new performers um, to get people excited about doing this. And our professional performers, um, you know, they have, they know how to make money doing this, right? There's yeah. a, there's a science to it. There's a, um, you know, gather the crowd, keep their attention, and then pitch for your, your your hat. Yeah. Pass the hat, you know, and and that's I think where we've seen a lot of kind of disconnect in our in our local performers is how to like self promote and how to do that with, with the shtick that gets people excited about it. So when we bring the traveling performers in, we have had, um, we've actually held workshops and we'll, we'll be doing a bit of that this year as well that help to kind of train our locals to, um, either elevate their performance or learn how to take their style of performance and transfer it to um, a way that works on the street. That's awesome, those classes, yes, because local people, they do amazing in their thing, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, artists are introverts, so, you know, going out there and kind of, like, pushing is, is kind of tough. It is tough, and it's tough for different acts, like your friend that does the Lyra work, um, who, I mean, these guys are, like, dangling in the air, you know what I mean? And they're not used to being vocal, verbal or vocalizing at all with their act, so how to translate that into, like, this this pitch is... Um, is a trick. Yeah. A trade, I guess. A trick and a trade. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned uh, spaces, limited spaces. Um, what, what, you know, what streets or alleys um, are set up for 
the performers. So typically, until this year, everything's different this year, as we know. But yeah. in the before times, <laughs> <laughs> um, we had um, focused the festival around what is called Block 70 in Salt Lake City. And that is the block that contains Eccles Theater. And the street behind it is Regent Street. And it's that... Um, you know, it's a beautifully designed street. It has an open plaza area in it. It's um, smaller than some of our larger streets, and it's been a great venue for us because we've, you know, we were drawing probably about 2,500 to 3,000 people to this event, but it still felt really just full of performers and quite magical. Um, we're, we're, we're making some changes this year because of uh, COVID precautions and also the plaza has some construction going on. So in thinking about how we wanted to do this and bring the festival back, we were able to forge a nice partnership with the Open Streets Initiative that the Downtown Alliance is putting forth. And they will be closing. This is actually, for buskers and street performers in general, this is a really cool initiative because it will be going on all summer. And on um, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, Main Street will be closed to vehicles in both directions, all the way from South Temple to 400 South. So that means it. what it does is it brings pedestrians into the city. It gives us room to space out. And that, for the festival, will be great. But for street performing at any time will be a wonderful thing because you need to have pedestrians. Yeah. You know, you're not like, the, as the performer, it's not like we put you down in the boonies and people are going to come find you. Successful street performers are where the people are and when they're out of their cars and they're engaging with the city in that kind of sense of exploration that makes it a great city. With um, the downtime last year and going into this year, what were some of your fears that about, you know, people coming out or, you know, if there'd be turnout for performers even? Well, I mean, I still think that's an unknown yeah. for this, you know, and it is when you're bringing in traveling performance performers and you're in um you're investing um your budget that way and you're also you know with this with this busker festival we don't have we're, we are um funded by the salt lake city arts council but it's not a huge you know we're not rich yeah. <laughs> so, so we we are asking performers we do pay all of our performers and as as much as we possibly possibly can that's you know yeah. always a, always a goal especially coming out of covid but um, we're paying them probably a lower rate, rate than they would if they were doing a theater show. And that is intended because they are, we really push the message of coming out to tip your performers. So they should be able to double their wage off of um, tips from the public. So um, that's a scary risk, right? So I don't yeah. want, you know, I want the performers to be successful, to be happy, and to do that, to want to do this again. So I, I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> Well, I, th I think you'll have an audience because everybody's so eager to get out mm -hmm. and it's nice nice and warmed up now. So I, I think it's going to be awesome. Okay, oh, thank you. <laughs> that, that, that's my gut, but what do I know? Um, uh, let's get a, a little personal. Like who, who inspires you, keeps you motivated, keeps you going? Well, um, that's, that is a great question, actually. I, um, I Most of the work that I've done in my life has been about um, making the community that I live in a place that I want to live in. I want, I want to be surrounded by artists and great food and great culture. And, you know, Salt Lake City, 
Um, I think we get made fun of quite a bit for being the opposite of that, but I would, you know, I would beg to differ. I think that we have a lot of talented people in both the food and the cultural world, and um, and that that's what inspires me in, I guess, not and not in the person way, but in the bigger picture way of like why I choose to do the work that I do, why I choose to do it in a nonprofit sector, why I choose to do it um, in the challenging ways, in my opinion. Like I like I like programming in festivals and public spaces and. Um, that's what my passion lies in. I know I wish I could live like corporate events or something and make a ton of money, but <laughs> <laughs> so be it. Um, and then I would just say on the, of uh, a personal, gosh, there's so many, there's so many individuals in the community that I feel are like-minded like me. I mean, I love Angela Brown and Craft Lake City and oh, what yeah. she's been able to do there. I'm inspired by her all the time and the amount me too. that she that she puts forth. You, you mentioned Madison earlier. She participates in this festival, Madison Can Can. You guys can find her on Instagram. She's just an incredible talent. Check out our interview. We interviewed her. Oh, good, good. Uh, last year or the year before. But yeah, she, she's, she's awesome. She's been... Um, She's been a good driving force for me. She's gotten me to like think about um, think about the festival and things in a different way. And and we we actually met in a funny scenario because she was um, there. There's with street performance in Salt Lake City. There's a legal permit to do it, right? But right. you're not always just because you can doesn't mean that the spaces are great for it, or that you're not going to get shooed off by a business owner or the police. It's just not a big enough scene here for anybody to want to do it. So it's not real welcoming, right? And yeah. she was kind of, when we first started the festival, I had heard that she was, um, you know, disgruntled about like the busking scene in Salt Lake City. And I was like, that's perfect. Those are the type of people I want to talk about. I want to talk about, I want to talk to the people who are wanting to do this, but have finding barriers, Yeah, you know? And so, um, that's how we sort of forged a friendship. I reached out to her and I was, you know, just kind of like, hey, I hear you're mad. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. You know? And she loves, and, loves yeah. breaking down those barriers. Oh, that's, yeah, totally. That's all she does. And, absolutely. And, um, you know, she's she's inspired me to kind of open my mind to new artists and, and learn how to integrate them into kind of the programming and, and help them feel like they're part of this, too. So, um, and my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Always got to love her it's mom. Mother's, it yeah. is Mother's Day weekend, so. That, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get my wife a present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't forget about your mamas no. and your ladies out there. <laughs> um, we kind um, we kind of buried the lead. Uh, well, we've talked about it a little bit, but directly, what what is busking? Okay. So busking, <laughs> in its like basic definition, is really somebody who performs in public spaces for tips or donations. Um, but it has a long history. I mean, there is, we were talking a little bit about like different cities, but like, I mean, this, this can date back thousands of years. The snake charmers of Marrakesh come to mind, you know, that, that is a, a, um, one that is kind of got that long history to it, but like all public places and public plazas all through Europe before the United States was even a thing, you know, had a tradition of like busking and street performance. So, um, and I'm glad you asked that because I've been using the word busker for so long in my vernacular. <laughs> I sometimes forget that people have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, 
when I first saw it last year, last year was the first year I saw it, kind of saw it in front of me. I, I had to go look it up. And, but it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. We talked about the, um, does, it's on Regency Street. Is there certain sections? Oh. Um, how many how many spaces are available to performers to get their permits for? Okay, that's this is um, this is a good question because because we've we've kind of moved it a bit this yeah. year. So region it won't be on Regent Street this year. It'll be mostly okay. around uh, Main Street and Gallivan Avenue. Okay. So it'll be between two hundred and four hundred South um, on Main Street and then in Gallivan Avenue. And we'll have an information booth. It'll be. Right on um, Main Street, where Gallivan Center connects at 250 South, that'll have the maps if you get lost yeah. or confused in that area. Um, let one of our staff help you. But um, we have uh, we have a couple things that we do. This is kind of good back in the busker vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's called a pitch, right? And so the pitches are more um, formal areas um, for for shows, for busking shows. So this might be where one of our um, daredevils would be out um, juggling swords on a 12-foot unicycle, that type of act. And they do a whole choreographed show. This is where you'll see a lot of our traveling performers. We do have a local guy, um, Marcus Wilson, that um, does this type of show and travels the country doing it. And those three pitches will be at... um, Exchange Place, if you don't know where that is, it's right next to Maxwell's is kind of a, re- a pizza re- pizza Italian restaurant that people know. Green Pig is kind of in that area too. Yeah, Green yeah. Pig kind of wraps around there. Um, the Gallivan and 250 South will be another location for that. And then over on Gallivan Avenue, just um, behind Gallivan Center there, when you when you oh, drop yeah. that on the back, there's... Oh, yeah. um, Good Grammar is down there, that that um, drinking establishment. Oh, behind Channel 2 Correct. and all that. Yeah, okay. exactly. So that'll be the three pitches. And then in between that, all up and down Main Street on those blocks will be our um, roving or street musicians where it'll be, you will experience like street magicians, jugglers, acts that are kind of more um, improvisational and not like a choreographed show that you would find in the pitches. And crowd work and that, that, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, miming. We do have a um, we have a professional mime coming out this year. Oh, nice! Which is um, exciting <laughs> in my in my world. Right? I, I always <laughs> think they're fun. They are, and we don't really have anybody that does that act locally that I could find. Maybe you're out there. If you're out there, please let me know. But um, Beth Lonsky, Beth Bird Lonsky, will be um, performing at all three days of the festival, and she is a established mime she's out of kansas city and she'll also be teaching a couple workshops on like an introductory miming course and then a one that's a little more focused on facial expressions so um that's going to be really fun for us um yeah all all that sounds very very exciting um i kind of think i'm at the end of my questions um, testing areas. Oh, the pop-ups. You've got pop-ups coming up um, in in June in a couple places around town. Tell yeah. us about those. I'm pretty excited about this. So, um, again, this project is um, 
Um, I funded underneath the from the Salt Lake City Arts Council. So um, integral to their mission is that we we activate various communities within our city, which I just love. Yeah, you know, um, the the festival has always kind of had its roots downtown, but we do have other areas in the city that I would love to see become more active for street performing. And the first one we're doing is on June 3rd, and that's in Sugar House at Monument Plaza. And that is the um, space that was, it was really designed for entertainment aspects. It's um, right by Wasatch uh, Brew Pub there, and there's a Flatbreads Pizza. And we'll be doing... um, West of uh, the bookstore? Yes, West. Let me think. My brain doesn't work that way that quickly. Yes, yeah, that's right. And it's where the monument yeah, is. Hence exactly. The, yeah, monument yeah. Plaza. You, you got it. And um, if all goes well with my permitting, we'll be doing a um, a fire show there to end the night, which is always um, a, re- a real visual treat. And that will be from 6 to 9 in Sugar House. And I'm, I'm hoping it goes really well because I'd love to be able to continue to do programming in Sugar House. It's a very resident-rich community. It's what I call, um, I guess I'm going to say it out loud, it's what I kind of call the cultural desert, you know, because there's not a lot of activities that happen on a continuous basis there for the amount of people that live there. And I would love to see that change. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. Since they, they they had a, I think before they tore it all up, it was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of those cooler places kind of forced out. You yeah, know, it kind of kind of lost that. And there's great parks in Sugar House. There's there's good places for public programming. That yeah. plaza is is a great one as well. So, um, yeah, definitely come out to that one because I want to. I do want to. On a personal note, I would love to see people support more programming in that area. Our second pop up is also it's in. I'm doing this is. I'm excited to see how this will work as well. This is a little bit experimental, but we are adjacent to Jordan Park in. I believe that's. Glendale neighborhood, Jordan Park, might be Poplar Grove, Um, but it's about approximately 9th South and 900 West is where the park is, and it's known for the International Peace Gardens, and it's the park abuts to the Jordan River Parkway. So we're taking a section of the Jordan River Parkway, and we'll have um, eight to ten acoustic musicians along that little path, and we're talking only about like a, within a quarter mile, maybe a half mile. So it'll be a really um, interesting experiment to see if we can get people to come out and bike or roller skate or just walk on this kind of walk-by show. It's like a reverse parade. Yeah, The performers stay in station and you walk and you parade by. So, And that will be on June 19th. Both of those pop-up events are from 6 to 9, and those are Thursday nights. I think that that'll be a good – I think Thursdays is a great night. in general, doesn't conflict with people's weekend plans, but kind of gets you out of the house. Out of the house in the weekend mood. Yes. Um, my parents live down in uh, Daybreak, and they have that area down there. Have you been in contact with them at all? I, I have possibly? not. I have they, not. That that space is kind of built for this kind of stuff. I would I would think. Yeah. Um. That's a good. That's a good lead. I, I would look into that. I have found that. A lot of times when um, these public plazas are built and designed for programming, like what I do, um, there's never a budget set aside initially to, like, 
pay somebody to do the programming or hire yeah. their performers or whatnot. And really, that's how you, you kind of get things going. And that's what my hope for is with Busker Fest and the events that we do, that we kind of set the stage. We get the public to understand that these are what street performers are. They are there's a lot of talent to be had there. Yeah. You can support them. You can give them a tip. You're not like a captive audience. If you don't like it, you can walk away. <laughs> but they're part of the thing, urban yeah. fabric. And to get the scene going well enough that um, we're creating a little ruckus. Like, my, in, ideally, we would have so many street performers out this summer. Because after Busker Fest, everyone was like, oh, wow, I can do another side. I got another side <laughs> hustle in line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. That there's enough of us that it's like suddenly there's issues we have to solve. And I know that sounds weird, but that means that it's like we're kind of turning a corner. It's like, okay, now we've got to figure out how to um, spread the spaces out so everybody's got a fair chance type of thing. So um, Sometimes it's not always bad to create your own problems. <laughs> that's right. Because like, like right now it's hard for me. Sometimes I, I've engaged a lot of people on these conversations and nobody It's just like, it's, there's not a problem, so nobody's think, thinking about it because people aren't out there working on the um, street performing in Salt Lake City. And that's, I mean, I that's what this is meant to be, a tool to get the scene going here. And um, the way to get people excited about it is for them to be successful at doing it. Yeah. You know? And I just think it's kind of cool, too, that it's just like, you can go, you can be amazing, you can be a total beginner, but you can, you know, it's just like you, you have the right to use this piece of public space to express yourself. And um, the great acts tend to make the best money, right? So you can like, right, yeah. you can improve and increase. And it's just, you know, there's, there's just something that me as a person really likes about um, freedom of creative expression and um, having that, having that in the city that we live in and also in the way that I like to work that I, I get a real kick out, out of doing this type of stuff. It's one of the reasons I started this podcast is like just to get people to know about the creative stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, this question just came to me. Um, at, at, at Galavan and the area, will there any be like any vendors um, with any type of food so, and drinks. So um, this year, I will I will say um, a couple things we've made a conscious decision about. Um, in the past, we have had a beer garden involved with this event with local vendors, and we've had a couple food trucks and things like that. But um, we decided not to do that this year, and the reason is with the open streets and the road closure, the local restaurants are allowed to extend their patios out on the sidewalk, and people use the street. And our restaurant, our food and beverage industry has taken a huge hit during COVID. Yeah. I don't want to compete with that. I want to nourish that. I want to see them survive. And um, this is a way for us to, um, you know, bring people down into the area. It's an open air environment. Um, and, so, and, you know, if you need a drink or some food, definitely support some of our local businesses because we want to have them here. Yeah, there's some yeah excellent bars and restaurants in that area. <laughs> good Grammar's can, has been a good partner with us, um, so they they will be doing some special drinks, vaudevillian style drinks, to support <laughs> um, Busker Fest during the event. And I think they're going to. Um, we're working with them to see if we can get some after after event performers inside there inside their venue too. So oh. lots of fun to be had, but yeah, definitely don't want to distract from what our local businesses need right now. 
That's awesome. I, I think that, yeah, that's a good boo- move while they're getting back on their feet. Um, is there anything that we have, haven't covered that you, you want to share? Um, I think that really just there, there's a lot of this, this, this is going to be an interesting year, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So I hope everybody can kind of keep that in mind. We have been a one day event typically, you know, we branded ourselves as Bodville returning to Salt Lake City in, um, one day only. So this is a move for us to three days. So, and things will be a little bit spread out, more spread out than we typically would like. But I just hope people can recognize um, and have that sense of exploration to to see all of the different spaces when they're coming downtown. Um, tracks will be running during the event. There's parking nearby. There's bike parking at the event. So um, take your mode of transportation to come down and keep an open mind and, and ex- explore your city, get to know it, know it again in the you know, after we've been all in this hibernation. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Get out of the house. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got a series of bonus questions that we closed the episode with. Um, the first one is, what does creativity mean to you? Uh, creativity, gosh, what does it mean to me? I, I would say it's a, it's a open mind and a freedom of thinking, right? So, like, when I think of creativity, when I put myself through a creative process, I like to just kind of close off any other pretenses, get on a whiteboard and just throw ideas at it and see what sticks. I I don't know. Even if it's like something you've done a hundred times the same way, I feel like you've always got to go in there and look for the, for the new, the moving forward piece of it. But an open mind would be my first. Open mind and brain barf onto (laughs) a a surface. With other people. That has been so hard for creatives during COVID. I feel like it's just not being able to be in the same room with people and bounce around ideas and um, support them or poke holes in them. Both are both great practices. That's been the biggest challenge for me. Um, for me, podcast wise, I actually, I was able to record almost every week during COVID because people were so available. So, <laughs> That's so true. That, that, that was kind of fun for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, totally. But yeah, in person is so much better. <laughs> I, I work a job now where I'm working from home, but one day a week they have a free meal there mm. so i go in for that and we have a meeting before it so without that i i think i'd be having a rougher time being at home yeah. by myself yeah it's a challenge i had um i had to put my cat down last month and she was 17 but she was a big part of my like covid world you know and as soon as that happened i was like all right I am punching out of my home office. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't care if I have to go to a park. This is just too enclosed in here. But I, it's good to be around other people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the next one is, who is your favorite Muppet and why? Oh, Kermit the Frog. Um, I think I've loved him since I was a kid. He's so pure and honest and kind and good-natured. Kermit all the way. Love it. <laughs> and then lastly, in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Oh, geez. I've had this question before. Um, and I'm just going to go with default right over to uh, Julia Roberts because she's got the big curly hair that I that I love too. <laughs> yeah. and she's beautiful. And she, I think she could do a really good job. There you go. <laughs> um, where can people find that information, the website, the social media, all that? Yep. So most of our social media is all SLC Buskerfest. And then our website is Buskerfest SLC. <laughs> That's not confusing. (laughs) I know, right? How did we not figure that one out? (laughs) 
But I trust you guys. This seems like a really smart audience. I think I think you can find it. I, I hope so. <laughs> um, all of our events are free. I want to emphasize that. They're free. They're public spaces. They're open air. Um, you know, we just ask. We, we even actually at the um, the larger event, we do a little um, old-time change booth so you could break down big bills into smaller bills. Um, we encourage everyone to tip your favorite performers um, and be ready to be dazzled. We've got a great show coming up this year. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll we'll get this out next week so people start hearing about it. And go to it on the... Uh, May 27th, 28th, and 29th. So, so the last weekend of the month. Mm-hmm. It's actually Memorial Weekend, which yeah. is kind of a... Um, who knows? That's another one. That <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about it because this is an easy coming back year, you know? I don't yeah. think anybody is ready to go full force into um, big festival world. So this will be, I think, a really good bridge for us and a kickoff for, for summer events. Well, so. they can't go to Disneyland. Because it's only for oh. California people right now. So. Oh, maybe, well, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well. Right. And nobody, who <laughs> wants to go camping with everyone else when you can yeah. be at this amazing Busker Festival? Jeez. I'm going out of town, but we're going to check it out before we go. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm really excited There's for that it. Thursday for those that are going out of town. We're going out of yeah. town Saturday, so we'll, we'll be going oh, Friday, heading up after it's going to be a great night. Um, yeah, we'll be publishing all of our um, promotions on the traveling performers as well, too, in the next coming days you'll start seeing that roll out so by the time this podcast hits should be perfect timing and they've got lots of social media going on right now yeah. I've, I've been seeing the posts so you see you can see all the kind of stuff that's going on so uh busker fest slc or slc busker fest <laughs> go check it out and thank you thank you the podcast is done man <laughs>